Welcome to another episode of Campus Life, the college half of our flagship pod here at Campus DeCanton. As always, I am Austin. And this is Colin. Episode 110, Colin. The big 110. And it's a little bit of a sad one. We're saying mm. goodbye to the college football season here. This is our last week of trying to give you guys the news and information that you need to go out there and win in your fantasy leagues. This is week 13. Championship week, money's on the line, pride is on the line, um, maybe a punishment's on the line. I, I don't know what some of you weirdos are into. Um, so uh, let's uh, let's let, let's do this, Colin. Let's uh, let's bring one home for all the lovely listeners here at C two C. Yeah, and you know if you're uh, if you're in your playoffs this week, you're in the finals, compete for a championship. Best of luck. Reach out for DMs with any questions or anything like that. More than happy to help. Although. I went uh, went one and four in my in my semifinals matchup, so I don't know how much you want to trust me right now. Yeah, Colin, you had a rough week. Uh, I was the opposite. I, I actually had a very good week. I went four and two last week, um, and actually well, I went five and two. Um, one of them was a championship, so but four and two in semifinals. It was it's been a very good year for me. There was some serious variance uh, last season. I made one final despite having like some solid teams just lost in playoffs. So I think this year the tide flipped for me. So I was, I've been very, very happy about, about that. I mean, that's definitely good for you. Um, not <laughs> quite damn as, right. Quite as good for, for some of the rest of us here. Although you didn't beat me in any leagues head to head. So. No, no, we didn't, uh, we didn't face off in any uh, playoffs and leagues this year. Did we didn't last year either, did we? Um, I think we faced off in an early round of one, uh, and you, I believe, got the better of me. Oh, that sounds right. I just, I, I don't remember, <laughs> but, um, you're that, not going to argue with it. That, that sounds correct. Yeah. 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 Um, so real quick, Colin, well, you were in Miami last week. I was on another work trip. How was the weather? I don't know why you put the air quotes on that, but it was, it was good. Uh, I was like mid eighties when I was down there. Now it's. It was humid, but it wasn't like absurdly humid. Um, so I can't really complain too much. It was nice. And Sunny. you got lots of work done? I got lots of work done. We met with some clients. We went out to dinner. I ate at a Japanese restaurant for the first time in my life. What? So, mm -hmm. Never had Japanese. I mean, I know your diet is questionable at times you've never been to a japanese like what are we talking here like what do you mean like what kind of japanese was it it wasn't like a hibachi um but no. it was not a chain japanese restaurant either it was like a local japanese restaurant there um i can't even remember what it was called pub pub belly something like that um but yeah it was pretty it was pretty good i mean i'm not so i like fish so I got like salmon, mm -hmm. um, like I can do some like haddock, um, so I can do some different white fishes, different things like that. But I don't like raw fish. It's a texture thing for me. Um, so mm. I did not have I did not have sushi. No I had sushi? chicken yakitori oh. and some bao buns. Lame. Lame. You had the the Japanese equivalent of chicken fingers and. Something sweet, Colin. Come on. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It came on a it came on a little skewer. 
Yep. <laughs> uh, you're the most predictable person on the planet, Colin. Well, while you were away, did you did, did did it bring you back home to do some cooking here? Do we have a final cooking with Colin for the season, or what? What did you do tonight for food? Uh, we do, but it was a pretty basic meal. Uh, I just made like hot Italian sausage sandwiches with some peppers and onions, uh, and then some some Mrs. T's pierogies. Air fried those bad boys up. This is this is an interesting combination. Not 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 making fun of it or knocking. It, it's a very interesting com- combination. Well, like hot hot Italian sausage sandwich and pierogies. Yeah, you can put the know, peppers just... and onions with the pierogies then too, so you can kind of pair them up. Because we always have a problem like. And maybe it's a me problem, but like when I make like onions and peppers for, you know, sausage sandwiches or sausage onions and peppers or for fajitas or whatever, we always have too much of like the peppers and onions left. So I thought this was a good way to make sure we didn't have quite as much of that left. I don't know why that just reminded me of Andy Bernard when he's complaining about how he can't cook for one, but (laughs) (laughs) that reminded me. Sounds Uh, about right. But yeah, so basic basic meal tonight. But we were we were rushed because um, we are recording this a little bit later than we normally are. Yeah, we are. You're taking dancing lessons. I was. Yes. I told Kelsey, and her response mm-hmm. was, "Why don't we take dancing lessons?" Ooh. And my response was, "I already married you." It's a good point. And I again, after finally getting back off of the guest bed or the couch <laughs> from last week's debacle, I am now back on it here tonight. So you know. Hey, let's do this thing. Um, <laughs> one one thing I want to toss out here real quick, Colin, and, and I'm going to talk. We have, we have a promotion that we're going to be running for Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and I'm going to talk about that here uh, in just a little bit. But if you're an NIL member, guys, uh, Chris does a ton of betting stuff, and Alfred does too, where they drop all their picks live as they're making them in the NIL chat for you to hit them in live time before the lines shift around a little bit. So if you're not taking advantage of that here, especially during bull season, you're going to want to keep your eyes peeled in the Discord. If you're not in the Discord, like you, you should be. Um, you're, there's a lot of good information that we can't, you know, we can't post a reaction pod to everything or a reaction video to everything or you know, write, write an article about everything. I mean, some things that just, you know, we, we talk about them in there. So you're missing out on a lot of information in there. Um, but we're actually doing a lot of soccer betting for the World Cup as well. And I don't want to toot our own horns. But we're up like four units on the day. <laughs> Colin accidentally lucked into an amazing bet. <laughs> it worked. Never in doubt. Never in I, doubt. I was sitting there laughing at my cube like an idiot. So I played this parlay today in the in the uh, the Netherlands game. That actually is the only bet that I've played so far in this this tournament that did not hit. Where I bet the Netherlands would score would have four four more shots on goal, which I cannot believe they didn't hit that. I know they had ten shots and like three of them were on goal. Yeah. And uh, so good process, bad result, but I digress. Um, And then I I paired it with like over six and a half corners total in the game. I told Colin about this. He (laughs) went out and just played over six and a half corners for the Netherlands. (laughs) (laughs) Which is just like a stupid amount of corners for one game. Like I would never play that in a majillion years. Yeah. It freaking hit. Yeah. I picked the wrong one, but it hit. What were the odds on that? Oh man, I'd have to look, but it was like plus like, like it was like plus five hundred, plus six hundred. <laughs> you thought that's the bet? I was, guys. I got a real good one for this game. You're not gonna believe the value here. Easy money, easy money. I'm like, cash all right, it. cash it. 
but yeah, we're playing all those plays in there. I'm dropping them as soon as I play them. I've got a couple plays in there for tomorrow already. Um, we're going to win some more money, guys. So they don't know how to cap a lot of these game props in soccer games. Like if, if you know soccer and you have a good idea about how the game's going to go, you can correctly predict a lot of this stuff. So um, like so Netherlands over six and a half corners. <laughs> Just a no brainer, man. Just a no brainer. <laughs> All right. Um, let, let's talk a little week 12 review here, Colin. I'm glad you're back. I was by myself last week. I did a 90 minute show by myself. You did. I was very impressed. Um, it was a good show. No, ra- no ranting. Mm-hmm. No telling the audience they're idiots. I think I came out of it yeah. pretty well. Yeah, you absolutely did. Like if I had a bingo card for your uh, for the show, like I would have missed. Would have missed like all of them. Yeah, yeah. I I, I behaved myself. Mm-hmm. I knew you'd be proud. Very. We have some interesting storylines here, guys. As I did last week, we're going to talk about some of the injuries that happened this week. Kind of break down what we're thinking about there. We've got some of our top performers. We got some quick. Uh, hitting news as well, but a couple of major topics here. Michigan, Ohio State this week. And there's a lot of implications in this game that we don't necessarily need to cover on this podcast because we are, you know, taking a fantasy angle here today. But I'm interested to see how this game plays out, Con. And I'm interested to see, especially the running backs for Ohio State and what they end up doing. No news on Mayan Williams, whether he'll be back. Travion Henderson. Was not healthy, was ruled healthy for this one, left the game early, seen in a boot again. So I don't know what's going to go on there. I know Michigan's not the a defense that you're targeting to start somebody like maybe Maryland was last week. But Dallin Hayden, in relief here, really the only running back healthy on this roster with Evan Pryor out, no Chip Trianum, no Mayan Williams, no Travion Henderson. Like It's literally Hayden and I believe a walk-on, and that's like it at this point. Hayden went 27, uh, had 27 carries, 146 yards, and three touchdowns in this one. That's coming off the back of that 19-carry, 102-yard, one-touchdown performance against Indiana. He's hot right now. Dallin Hayden, so hot. So hot right now. I mean, are we looking at a, at, at a future starting running back here at Ohio State? I don't want to say the because Travion Henderson comes back and because Ohio State has ruined the word the. Yes, I mean, I would never say the in they a trademark sentence. It. We with, just we owe them like seventeen cents now for just using that like four yeah. times. So yeah, stop, I would never stop, stop. <laughs> a a starting running back. I would never say that word in the sentence with Ohio State. But um, yeah, we absolutely could be looking at a starting running back here for. Uh, if we could absolutely be looking at a starting running back here for Ohio State moving forward, especially with the, how Travion has been banged up before. And I will be the first person to say hand up that I was wrong here on Dallin Hayden. It's not that I didn't like him. But I didn't see a path for him getting viable touches here. And But he's, you know, Mayan Williams getting injured, Travion Henderson injured, Trip Trainum injured, like you said, and he looks good. Maryland isn't a, a good defense either, but this also isn't Colorado. You know, this isn't Charlotte. This isn't UCF. Like, this is like, okay. So, you know, that's and back to back hundred yard performances, too. So this is this is very impressive from from Hayden. Yeah, he is a really good player. I mean, he was a top. I don't know exactly where I had him ranked before I adjusted slightly for 
depth chart landing spot type stuff. I think I want to say he was right around RB10, RB12 for me. He's a really talented kid, and he kind of does fit into this this Mayan Williams type back that they that they kind of have had at Ohio State over the past couple of years. Um, it, it's it's tough for some of these because I think you you can look at some of these things back in retrospect. I mean, Dallin Hayden, uh, what did I say last week? I forget. He's like eight percent roster, six percent roster, or something on fan tracks. I mean, he I picked him up in one or two leagues last week. Like he he was definitely floating around out there. It's a really hard process to decide like this guy might never see the field this guy probably will see the field like kind of you know making that decision of when does talent trump situation and vice versa it's a really delicate one and it's very easy in retrospect to look back and put like like why did no one take dallin hayden like he's just such a good back like they actually the depth chart's not that deep like you know travion's been banged up in the past like we should be able to predict these things it's like boom 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 okay but at the beginning of the season there was Travion, there was Evan Pryor, there was Mayan Williams. And there's like three Chip. guys right ahead of him. And, and, and they don't run the ball that much. Yeah. Like they still try to pass the ball in, you know, the large overwhelming majority of situations. So I don't think it was necessarily a bad fade. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there's lessons to be learned from this moving forward. I'll probably have to take a look at it um, this offseason. I know we have a more solid process for like you know adjusting like instead of me just saying like well he's 12 now maybe i'll move him down to like 17 like we have like a number that we can actually assign that will affect their grade and move them up or down so i'm wondering if that will help keep us from overreacting and i I don't know it's standardized too i think which is is a big part of our process this year we are all using essentially the same template now my grades don't go i have not been up on the site I don't know if I'll have enough done that they will go up on the site for like the recruiting grades, but I tweaked one thing in the one category in the, in the template. But other than that, I just use everything the same. So it standardizes a little bit and it'll help prevent, you know, where you and I may see the depth chart and be, look at the depth chart and see Dallin Hayden there and be like, I don't see a path to playing time for him you know, somebody else, one of the other rankers may be like, eh, it doesn't really matter as much to me. I, you know, I'm going to grade a little bit more on talent and keep things not quite as volatile in the depth chart section of that. So I think that'll kind of even it out as well. You know what the tough part really about even Hayden specifically is, you know, I mentioned what the depth chart looked like at the beginning of the year. And I think then you say, well, you know, Mayan Williams could leave after the year. There's some moving parts here. But you, a lot of times, you kind of had to cut a couple of fringe guys from your roster to get up to fifteen or whatever you have for yeah. draft picks in the offseason. Assuming that Mayan Williams left, but they brought back Travion Henderson and Pryor, who's supposed to be healthy, I don't know that Hayden. I think Hayden still would have been a prime cut candidate, mm-hmm. especially because time they had Fl- Mark um, Fletcher coming in, right? Fletcher, who's not very good. I definitely don't think right. he's as good as Dallin Hayden, but I mean, it's another body to throw in there. Yeah, yeah. I'll be interested. The one the one trip up in here will be they are apparently now pushing for Ruben Owens. Mm. For those that don't know Ruben Owens, I believe I talked I don't know if I talked about him last week or not on the show. I did talk about some freshmen for for early. I think you mentioned him, but stuff. I don't think you went in in depth with him. So Owens is right now number one, number two, or whatever you know, depending on which service you're looking at. He is currently committed to Louisville. Louisville's going to have some intriguing stuff possibly happening there this offseason. I, I know I, I hit on this point last week, so I won't belabor it, but the coaching staff could be shaken up there. 
they have a very good class right now. A lot of that's tied to NIL. Louisville's got some money to throw around. Ohio State is now pushing for Ruben Owens. They've invited him up, I believe, to the game here this weekend. Oh. And I, as far as I know, he's accepted that invitation. I think this is just the latest in the kind of dominoes that are shifting. Um, so Owens would muck this backfield up a little bit. And I still think Hayden is going to get touches. Like Ryan Day, for some of the things that I have to complain about with Ryan Day, generally if a player proves himself, they continue to get run. Like he is very, like it is very much for the most part a meritocracy at Ohio State, which again I really, really appreciate. Um, so I think that he's going to get touches regardless. I think it's going to be a situation to monitor that makes it not a slam dunk. Like Dallin Hayden is not like a must buy for me, but I think if you can get him for a pretty reasonable price right now, I, I think that he's definitely worth an add uh, in pretty much all formats. I, I think he's worth an add in all formats if he's on the waiver wire. I'm going to hold off on trading for him right now because one, I'm not going to say you're buying him at a ceiling. Well, well, he's not the but, kind of player that you're buying straight up in a trade. True. You're getting like that. He is not that like, he's the kind of player that you're like, and throw in Dallin Hayden, in my opinion. Cause if you just try to buy a guy like Dallin Hayden, you're tipping your hand a little bit. Whereas if you're trying to buy, I don't know, Michael Trigg, like, Everyone likes Michael Trigg. Like, no one's going to be like, mm, what's he looking at here? Like, this, this is bitches. I hate the mind games you have to play sometimes when you want to trade. Like, I will list out a couple of guys that I'm interested in in trade negotiations. And some of them I'm very clearly more interested in than others. And then I'll try to get like a package of like two of them. Be like, well, what about these two? You know, I hate the mind games you have to play. You know, what's even worse that is that I basically, before I do the show every Monday, I have to go out and send like a flurry of trade offers and then hope that people accept them before I talk about whoever I'm going to talk about. Cause I've like done research on a player for this particular week or yeah, you know, so, some, some piece of news is kind of dropped that no one's really aware of yet. There's so many different games that I have to play with people to get mm-hmm. trades in some of these leagues. Uh, yep. It is what it is. It but, is what it is. Part of the fun. I digress. Um, so really the question here, Colin, future Ohio state RB two going in the next year. Do we think this could conceivably be Hayden Travion? Like, I don't want to rule prior out of anything. He's still a very good player, but I think this could just be a, you snooze, you lose type deal where I know players, they say, you know, you don't lose your job due to industry injury, but I don't know that, that, that prior like had a job. You know what I mean? Like he was scooting up the the depth chart, but I, I think it's a little harsh to say that he had a job there. He he didn't really have anything locked up. Yeah, I think that he's the future RB two. I think it's him and it's Travion next year. Um, you know, and I think he can serve in that Mayan Williams role pretty well. I, I think they're different players, mm-hmm. um, some similarities, but different players overall. But that'll be the role he'll play, and that's just going to leave Evan Pryor out in the cold. And it's really unfortunate because I think he's a really talented player. I, it's The injuries for him this year was just terrible timing because he was climbing big, up the depth chart a little bit. Yeah. But he, he's a big one. You'll have to watch for this offseason and see what happens with him. Yeah. I'm I'm hoping he goes somewhere else because like you said, it's, it's not that he's he had a job and now he's going to lose it to Hayden because of the injury. Like you said, he never really had the job. He was climbing. He was looking good. I think had he stayed healthy this year, we would be talking about him right now instead of Dallin Hayden. But that's not the way the cards fell. 
really sucks for Pryor. I think his best bet is to move on somewhere else and just get a fresh start on a fresh depth chart. The other thing that, uh, like, I don't, I know that that some of the injury guys say, you know, injury prone is not a thing. Some of them say that it kind of is, but it's more, you know, soft tissue and things like that. Like, Travion's always banged up. He's had issues. Like, I don't know how, like, physical of a guy he actually is. Like, maybe his body just can't do this. I I, I don't know. I don't want to, like, I still have him very highly rated. Like, I'm not, like, crapping on the guy. But there, I, it seems like there will always be some sort of opportunity in that backfield just based on the fact that he's not shown the ability to get through a full season healthy. Like Bijan has, like we, we know that Bijan can make it through a full season of punishment and be relatively healthy. And we know that these running backs, you know, can get injured at any given time. But I mean, it's starting to become a pattern a little bit with Travion. Yeah, it is. And it's, I don't ever want to write somebody off this early into their college career, sure. but you know, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't in the back of my mind. I still 100%. think Travion's very talented. I still think he's RB1 in the class, in the 2024 class. You know, once Bijan leaves, I still think he's RB1 in college just because of what he can do and everything that he has shown when healthy. I do think I, I do agree with you. And, you know, we're getting a little bit off a tangent here. I do agree with you, mm-hmm. though. He's not as physical as you would like. Um, so I, I would like to see him add that element to his game and still be able to stay healthy. But, you know, we don't get what we want all the time. Yeah, well, that's what we'll, we'll have that determination for next year, which is nice. Um, the other freshman here that I want to talk about here in depth, Colin, is Barry and Brown, who finally kind of had his big receiving day. Like a lot of his big days, we've talked about, you know, a Barry and Brown breakout so far has been like return stuff for like the majority of his days, you know, all purpose yards and, and things like that. Well, he legitimately was great this weekend. 10 catches, 145 yards, one touchdown. Basically, when Kentucky. The, Kentucky did not get deep into Georgia territory really at all. But when the, the drives that they did, it was because they were deep in their own half and Will Levis threw up an effort shot and Barry and Brown came down with the downfield. Like he, I, I, I really want to see what ends up being the quarterback situation there at Kentucky next year, because I do think that Brown who has completely outpaced Dane key through the second half of the season is finally coming to into his own. And again, quicker than we thought he would, which I think is just like huge for his, his development or for his, he was perceived as, as such a raw guy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was the biggest knock on him coming into the season. I mean, I, you had him as your wide receiver two in the class, Oop. I think, or Oop. three, Oop. Oop. two. Okay. I thought you were saying no, <laughs> two. Yeah. You had him as your wide receiver two in the class. Uh, I had him top five. I think he was like three or four for me, but the big knock was okay. He's he's really talented. He's raw athletically, or he's he's athletic, but he's a little raw. It's probably going to take him a year because I know you even you know one of your predictions was that Dane Key leads the freshman for uh, Kentucky, and you have to love seeing him already carving out a role. Now it's it's a little bit sporadic, but. I think that with, you know, more stable quarterback play and, you know, who who knows who the quarterback is going to be there next year. I think this is a prime transfer spot, but if they can get some more stable quarterback play, I think he can be a Wandale esque type fantasy player for you. I don't think they're the same player, but he can put up those types of numbers in that offense. Yeah. I mean, so he, he, this year actually has 41 catches for 560 yards. 
Like those are really good numbers for a freshman. I think people yeah. sometimes underestimate and the <laughs> receiving numbers. Like it's just not comparable from college at any position from college to the NFL. I think sometimes we speculate as to why that is. And I think at the end of the day, the reason is just that the quarterback play is not as inspiring in a lot of places. I mean, you've got Will Levis who's thrown for like 90 yards two weeks in a row as his quarterback. Like, yeah, no kidding. He's not going to have a thousand thousand yards. You, you don't really find that in the NFL too often, at least not for a full season. My one concern on Barry and Brown, he's listed. Well, ESPN has him at 166. That's light. Yeah. I think he needs to at least, he's 6'1. I think he needs to be at least 175 ish. Yeah. But I mean, 180, he's, 185 he's would be more so athletic. Yeah. I don't think he needs to be 185 because of how fast he is. Hmm. Like, true. I think even if he's Devonta Smith skinny, he's so much more athletic than Devonta Smith. And like that, Devonta Smith is a good athlete. He's a fine athlete. But like Barry and Brown is like sub 4'3 kind of guy. Like yeah. He's just fast, fast, fast. Do you know what his uh, weighted dominator rating is? Is it over thirty percent? It's not. It's it's twenty one point twenty one point eight. Okay, but so still, that, it qualifies as a breakout. I don't really use. I, I personally don't really use that metric, but for mm-hmm. people that are big fan of you know breakout age and, and hit that twenty percent threshold, he's done it as a freshman. I was just looking at it over the line uh, or at the compared to the line, and it is it is pretty well above the. Uh, it's about fifteen percent for freshmen. Um, on the the magic line on there, the average of for wide receivers with a top twenty four NFL season, so he's comfortably over that. I was just curious because you know you, you you said his receiving yardage total, and that doesn't sound super impressive. I mean, it is for a freshman. Oh yeah, but for, then I, mean, I was yeah, but then I was Go thinking ahead. like how many like what's his market share there because of given like that Kentucky passing offense is not very good. I know Mike Valerie and our Debbie team like he he doesn't really use this as like a you know the correlation or anything like that but typically like a 500 yard performance as a true freshman is is really really nice like just not a lot of guys hit that every year like a handful maybe 10 at most so him hitting it i believe this year the other guys that have hit are like matthew golden uh golden uh evan stewart uh, antonio williams tet mcmillan uh and there might be one more like that that's all that's hit it so far this year yeah that's that's a a pretty good list of guys (laughs) i mean it's it's definitely no 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 scrubs on that list i don't want no scrubs no creep got creep 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 Creep. you're doing that on purpose (laughs) so yeah i mean very and he's he's had some really good games this season Mm -hmm. too like four for 102 five five for 56 two for 81 seven for 62 again this is not a high flying passing offense guys like will yeah. levis is happy if he hits 200 in any, any given week so seven for 62 and in the, in the, he's happy uh, if he hits 100 against vandy just so bad man just so <laughs> bad we don't have time for that today but <laughs> damn the laziest shit just say that he has tools um all right let's look at some other some other topics here on the week Colin. injuries to monitor we had a little bit of a longer list last week so you know that's you know hallelujah shorter list of names here Obviously, the big one is Hendon Hooker, starting quarterback for Tennessee. We know by uh, now that he has a torn ACL. He's done for the season. Tennessee's done for the season. I wonder if we start seeing like Cedric Tillman shut it down. I am a little concerned about that uh, for this weekend. I have Tillman in a spot. Um, I'm more curious what happens with his draft stock, and we don't need to have the full conversation on it now because we don't really know anything, and it's kind of, I don't want to say morbid, but kind of gauche to like, 
guy guy blows out his knee, and I right away is like, well, draft stock, man. Like I feel bad for the guy. Insult to injury, rough game for the whole team. I think this would probably mean that there's almost zero percent chance that he can get selected in the first round now. Um, when's the last quarterback you can remember getting yeah, taken in the first round with a blown out knee? Like, well, what about re- Tua with the hip rehab? Was Tua rehabbing during? Like that's what I mean. Like during the draft process, I can't remember a quarterback going in the first Tua round that was, was like yeah, not Tua physically was, able to do anything. I yeah, he was, was running. No, um, uh, he was still rehabbing through there. He might have been able to run like at a pro day, but that was ran. it. I could be wrong. Like not like well, ran, ran, but like was running. I think at his, at his pro day he was, but honestly, by the time the draft rolls around, Hooker will probably be running in a straight line. So that's one. Um, but yeah, and no, who, not very. It was a way better prospect. Yes, in his yeah. own right too. Right, not very many. It does not happen often. But I think the, I don't think this ACL injury impacts his draft stock at all. I think he will still go, you know, in the probably third round range, maybe in the second, uh, if a team's pretty desperate at quarterback or, you know, they want somebody there. I don't know. If they think they can develop him. That was kind of always his range for me was like, you know, late second is probably the ceiling there. I don't think that changes based on this ACL. You know, we know the ACL injuries are not what they really used to be. It's not that difficult to come back from an ACL anymore, especially at the quarterback position where, yeah, he is a little bit more mobile of a quarterback, but he's not, he doesn't have to rely on his legs. You know, he's not a running back. He's not a wide receiver here. So I'm not overly worried about the ACL for him. I don't think it impacts his draft stock at all. Um, I think it will personally, but I mean, not going to drop him out of the draft, but I do think it will uh, have to a half round to a full round. I would suspect. Um, I actually think I'm probably going to guess round three at this point. I don't think an injured Hendon hooker is going to go round two. See that uh, that's kind of where I had him anyway. It was like late. Well, that's where we had him. Right, right. But let's be honest, we're not the arbiters of what's correct, and the NFL. And I've been trying. <laughs> I've desperately been trying, but unfortunately, my wife. I can't even get that to go over in this house. So I don't know what you expect <laughs> me to do on the interwebs. Yeah. Um, me either. It's, me either. It, hence my earlier activities. Yeah. Hence, hence Colin's uh, uh, dancing. Um, <laughs> So I mean, I but but I I, I just I, like the NFL. There's they're kind of cautious with some of this stuff. Like Trent Baalke's not a GM anymore, is he? Or is he still the guy at, in? Uh, they, they fired no. him. In, in yeah, they fired him right? in Jacksonville because he's yeah. known for that. Yeah, he'll like take a guy two rounds early. That's like his half of his leg was blown off by a landmine. <laughs> and he'll, he's worth way more than this if he had the leg. So. Um, I don't like without a guy like that in the league that's kind of known for that reckless stashing style of drafting. I don't know that he can go before that. I just I don't know that that's feasible. Fair. That's fair. Um, DTR Dorian Thompson Robinson had himself a monster performance. He dueled Caleb Williams in this game. He was really really good. Uh, really kept UCLA in this one. Um. Hurt his hand is what they're officially saying it was. Uh, he got pretty beat up on the day. Um, but they're saying he's going to play this weekend. So if you need Dorian Thompson Robinson, I mean, I'd be slightly worried, I guess, now that the adrenaline's kind of worn off, that maybe that hand is not feeling quite as good on Monday morning as it was Saturday night. But um, 
he says he's going to play. So um, if you've got him, I think you got to start him. Yeah, I think you have to start him too. I mean, it helps a little bit that he brings such a value with his legs. So even if his hand isn't a hundred percent, that's not where he draws all of his value from. But I, yeah, I still think you have to start him either way. It's just, he's a tough sit. And if you've gotten this far, it's likely been on his back as well. So unless we hear some news coming out that like it's worse than expected or he's, you know, we're not sure if he's going to play, then I'll start to, you know, weigh my options and see what I have on my bench here. But as long as everything points to him being expected to play, I'm, I'm playing it. Yeah. And they play Cal, not exactly a yeah. great defense. So it's, it's a, it's a fairly juicy matchup um, for everyone out there. MJ Morris is an interesting one um, was rolled out very close to kickoff. Actually. So we're going to talk MJ Morris and Malik Cunningham here. Both of them rolled out fairly close to kickoff here. This weekend, MJ Morris, the true freshman quarterback at NC State. There is absolutely no news because the NC State's coach is one of those losers that won't give out injury information. But we've heard some pretty solid rumors that he's done for the year. He's scheduled for some knee surgery. So um, if you were relying on MJ Morris this weekend for whatever reason, um, you might have to be looking elsewhere here. I think if you were relying on MJ Morris this late in the season, you're probably your not team's... actually playing in a championship. You know? yeah, well, yeah, I was going to say, or the rest of your team is really good and you can just kind of plug and play somebody else in there. But this definitely sucks for MJ Morris because he was looking good here uh, to finish the season. You know, it was, it's going to, I still think it's going to be a, an interesting battle in the spring between Leary and Morris, both of whom are, will be coming off of injuries. Um, we'll have to see what, MJ Morris's injury is specifically if we ever get that information, but it definitely sucks for him. He was a rising stock. I think he was really going to put some pressure on Leary and now it's going to, it'll be remain to be seen. And, and Leary could still declare if he really wanted to, but I, his draft stock's taken a hit this year. So I think he has to come back for that extra year, yeah. whether it's at NC state or not. We'll yeah. See. I'd be interested to see. I mean, I can't see the coaches. I can't see them like kindly pushing him out. No, he's been too good there for them. And, you know, he was a lead 11 guy, like definitely one of the more high profile guys that NC State's been able to bring in with this current staff. So I think that's, you know, they're not going to be like, well, we've got MJ Morris. And I think this especially now means that if Leary comes back, he's the guy there next year. Yeah. So, um, I, I mean, that's like pure speculation, but that's kind of how I would read those tea leaves. Malik Cunningham, like I said, quarterback at Louisville was also ruled out late uh, before this game. At least it was the noon kickoff and it wasn't like 1030 and you were screwed. Um, status unknown for this week. I haven't seen any confirmation as to whether he's going to play or not. So another one to monitor. I wouldn't necessarily be counting on him. That's basically what I would be saying here. I would, in fact, I would yank him from your lineup if you got him, just so in case you forget, you don't get screwed. Yeah, I had him in my one league that I ended up losing in, and I did not start him, but it sucks that he didn't play last week. It sucks that he's probably not going to play this week either, or it's very up in the air. Because where we were talking about MJ Morris, you know, if you're if you're where you're at, there's a good chance Malik Cunningham helped you to get there. Um, he has not been as good as he was last year, but he has still been a very solid and and reliable quarterback more often than not. So definitely a shame there for him. And he is out of eligibility, I believe, right? I don't think uh, he Cunningham is. This is his final year. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, was just, I, I didn't think he could come back. So, you know, 
he'll maybe he just hangs it up because Louisville's done. Is Louisville even bowl eligible? Ah, uh, they're right around it. They won this weekend 25 they beat nc state so mm-hmm. oh, i should just let with that as a yeah it was the back a battle of backup quarterbacks there so yeah i'm looking to see real quick here standings wise they are seven and four so they are bowl eligible okay. yep. yep so they're bowl well, eligible missed, but you know what bowl like is that gonna be wins. yeah but yeah. so yeah he maybe he packs it in and just focuses on maybe a transition to a new position because uh, i think that's how he really makes it in the nfl i don't know if he's going to be a quarterback at the nfl level some quick hitters here, Colin. Jace McClellan, running back at Alabama, third year back on that roster. He's undervalued at this point, just straight up, in my opinion. I think we as a website, as a company, are too low on him. I think a lot of analysts are too low on him because he hasn't ever produced really eye-popping stats. But, I mean, this season, 94 carries, 569 yards, five touchdowns. 12 receptions, 154 yards, and two touchdowns. I know it was Austin P this weekend, guys. They had 156 yards and two touchdowns in this one in relief of Jameer Gibbs. He's shown that he can play a variety of different roles. He's 215 pounds. He probably runs in the four fours. He played at Alabama. I mean, I think there's a, a legitimate chance that he leaves school this year and goes to the NFL. That would surprise me a little bit. I mean, it's not the craziest thing ever, but it would surprise me a little bit given that he's never really been like the lead guy there. Um, you know, and he was injured last year. You know, he, he started getting some work injured last year, getting some work this year, but he and Gibbs play a very similar role. So I think it was actually pretty impressive that he was able to earn that backup role given how similar he and Gibbs are play style wise. So you know, there's definitely that. And he will test well. Um, He's athletic. He's got good size. He's like 200, listed like 212 pounds. So if he does come out, you know, everybody's going to mock me here. I could see day two draft capital on this one from an Alabama running back. But I think his best bet is to stay in school. I think if he stays in Alabama, I think he will be the guy there next year. And I think he can then you know, be an early day two type of a guy. And you so said the, we might be too system. low on him. I don't know if, I don't think he ever dropped outside of my top 20. I didn't specifically say, wow, you've got a guilty conscience, Colin. If I I'm say that saying, people I'm have just, him and you're just, not me, I, I've got him here. What are you saying? I'm just saying. I, that's I'm just guilty saying. conscience, Colin. I'm just saying. I took him in the ninth round of a startup this year. I was ecstatic. I almost pulled the trigger in the seventh round. I almost pulled the trigger in the eighth round. And then I had to take him. I had to. Just saying. That was, that was some fishy ass stuff right there. I just want to ask you a quick, Colin, if this player profile sounds familiar to you at all. A third round or a third year running back from the SEC in 15 games, had 120 carries for 640 yards and 11 touchdowns, and had 20 catches for 247 yards and three touchdowns, and went in the first round of the NFL draft. Josh Jacobs. There's your parallel, baby, for those saying yeah. that he hasn't done enough. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I think Jace McClellan is one of, if not the biggest buys, because I think mm-hmm. he will be a riser throughout the draft process as long as his medicals check out and all he has is a torn ACL, which is not a guarantee, but at Alabama, you're getting the best medical, whatever, you know, uh, 
services you can get your your you know day in day out your your strength and training your strength and conditioning your your diet stuff like all that's top top notch so i i think that's not even a concern for me but as long as it checks out i mean i i can see the nfl really really liking this kid i'm just saying i don't disagree with you i think the nfl could really like this kid and i could see him coming out but Alabama does kind of have a tendency to bring some guys back that maybe you didn't necessarily expect. And he never really has been the lead guy there. And maybe he wants to do that to showcase it. I would be floored if he gets taken in the first round. I would be floored if he gets taken in the early second round as well. Like I think his ceiling in this running back class, his ceiling probably like what the fifth best running back. You know, I think it would it would be interesting because I think he would probably go in a similar range as Zach Charbonnet, depending on which team is looking for running back in that range. I could see that. What I I do think where where Jacobs and McClellan are not analogous is that the year that Josh, Josh Jacobs came out, it was not a deep running back class in right. 2019 or whatever it was. Like that was not a very strong running back class. I can remember he started getting hype like week. I don't know. I want to say like week four, week five. Yeah because it was just like we were just like desperately searching for names he's been a good player in the nfl i i think he was my rb1 in that class i really really liked him he was um, two for me behind sanders but i'm a homer so you are um but um so i mean like that that's going to be the the only real difference like maybe he doesn't come out because it, like you said it's so deep of a class maybe he could go back next year in a thinner class but i'm interested to see like we don't know what names are going to go back yet we don't like could he be one of those names that goes back and make and adds depth sure he could but if chase brown decides he wants to go back if Kendry Miller decides he wants to go back if Mayan Williams decides he wants to go back, like all these guys that kind of like are like fourth round guys then that start it might start looking a little more attractive to a guy like Jace McClellan who's going to to in my like I, I just think he's gonna smash pre-draft like he's he's what the NFL wants they used him as a receiving back yeah as a 215 pound guy that was his role last year mm-hmm. before he got hurt like we i i said all offseason like i don't know if this guy can run between the tackles because they're not using him like that and now they're using him like that and he looks fine like i don't have that question anymore but i was like are they using this 215 pound dude as a receiving back because he can't do this like no he can he just is also such a good receiver and so freaking athletic in space like if he gets the space he, space he's he's a dangerous dangerous guy yeah so yeah, no, I, I completely agree with everything you're saying. And I, I also very much agree that he is a, a buy right now because there's two there's two paths forward for him. One, he gets a good a positive review from the draft advisory board. And Sabin, for all that he does of like bringing guys back, he also values what the he seems to value what the draft advisory board says. So, you know, he's not going to tell a guy, oh, don't listen to that, come back, you know. So I, I think Saban will do right by him. So two paths forward, favorable draft grade, goes to the draft, taken third round, maybe, maybe early, early fourth round. I could see it. And so here you want to hear and something he, really crazy? And his stock climbs. Let, let's say that he goes, he declares he goes in the third round. If he goes to Philly, or he goes to, I don't know, Green Bay, and they get rid of Aaron Jones. Or he goes to, you know, insert Arizona Chiefs in the third round. Hmm. 
there's a chance that he could sneak into the back end of the first round of rookie drafts this year, like in dynasty yeah. leagues. Like I'm just saying, I'm not saying, but you're but just, just saying. saying. Yeah. And the other path forward is he returns to school and he's the guy at Alabama next year. And then his stock's up anyway. So he's a guy whose stock, I think, is going to rise in this offseason, regardless of what path he ends up on. So I love that call. Jaden Bray. Sounds like he's going to redshirt here after or this year. He re-injured himself apparently in Bedlam. I didn't get to watch the first half of this. By the time I got into the second half of the game, it was over. he wasn't in. So <laughs> I, I didn't see what happened or, or anything like that. But disappointing year for him. I'm not writing Jaden Bray off. I think he very much could be a post-type sleeper this coming offseason, actually, because we never really know what Oklahoma State's going to do with these running backs. It's just such a mess of a, of a room. Um, but I mean, def- definitely disappointing for him. I think if you have him this offseason and you've got to start making some cuts, he's not a cut candidate. I, I would not um I would not I would be holding on to him as long as possible and seeing what's gonna happen with him. I still think at the end of the day, Talon Shetron is a significantly more talented player than he is. And I think Stefan Johnson might actually be better than he is too, the other true freshman there. But I still want to make that scenario play out before I make a decision on it. So as long as I as long, if I can drag my feet for a long time before I have to make that call, I will probably try to do that. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I do think that Shetron and Johnson are both better players than he is. You know, Johnson started to show it a little bit here. Man, I really want Shetron to show it over the last like game or two. Just just hit the one of the thresholds to not be a year one zero. And I will be back in on Shetron as an NFL player. Even if he doesn't hit it, he'll be he'll probably end up being a little bit overvalued. Uh, but I, I think he could have a nice college career because I could still I still think he could be the lead wide receiver at Oklahoma State at some point in his career. Yep. Yeah, that's why I'm not selling uh, him, even though he's probably going to be a zero here. Um, Bo Nix played like what? What the hell? Um, <laughs> and was fine. You know, it wasn't a huge fantasy performance, but Utah is a tough uh, defense there for him. Anyway, I'd be interested to see how this season ends for him. I mean, I guess if you've got Bo Nix, you have to start him this week if you're in a championship. Like he, yep. not many. What is he? Is he, is he? I think he's the QB one of the year. I think they talked about it on CTN today. I think it's Bo Nix, Clayton Toon, Caleb Williams are the top three. It sounds one about right. And the fact that Clayton like Toon is in there is absurd. <laughs> they talked about this as they made this point and then skipped ahead, and we're going to do the same exact thing. Like that. we're going to have to talk about that at some point. You know what the worst kick in the nuts about that Clayton Toon thing is actually? And this is I'm going to go just totally, you know talk about me for a second here the minute that Rasheen Ali said that he was going to sit a few games out and try to get right I immediately played a season-long prop on prize picks with Rasheen Ali's under and Clayton Toons over on passing yards which was like 3,047 yards or something stupid like that I was very worried through three games that Toon was not going to get there and now I'm pissed because he nailed it and because Rashina Ali decided not to come back until two games left, I don't get my damn payout. Oh, they're voiding the prop. You have to play three snaps in three games, apparently. Wow. It's fucked up. He that played. Is. He played this week. It's no different. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. Like, I know they're Wait, are they to gonna, themselves. Are from, they going to get a bowl? Oh, it probably doesn't count bowl games. I don't think it counts bowl games. Mm. So it's just Any like, shot that they get in the, in the conference championship? 
I'm sorry that they left the Rasheen Ali prop up after he like that's that's a you problem. That's not a me problem. So I don't know if we have I mean they give us money. I'm not gonna go on strike, but I think we need to start a petition. That's all I gotta say. Okay. Fair enough. Fair back to Bo Nix, though. Back to Bo Nix. Back to Bo Nix. Yeah, I think you have to play him if if he's he played last week. It didn't seem like he aggravated the injury at all, at least nothing that I heard. Now, when he did play last week in that game, he was definitely limited as a rusher. Um, he did not have the same rushing performance that he has had the past couple of weeks. He had to do a little bit more with his arm. So there is the risk of that, but I still think he's going to have a nice fantasy performance as long as he's out there. Because he can do it with his arm if he has to. It's just not quite as good for you, but you rode him this far. I think he's going to be okay. Uh, I yeah, I think you just have to. I mean, Oregon State is you know not the easiest defense here, so I get that um, you know you might have your reservations, but it's not quite like we we said or I on on the shows this week, and I said sit Austin Reed this week because he's playing Auburn like totally outmatched. This is not one of those type of matchups where I'm worried about sitting Bo Nix because of the defense. He His was, team's way better than Western Kentucky is around now. Also, it's for the record, Austin Reed was was okay as a fantasy performer. What did he put up this week? It was like in the 20s. It was like 23 or 25. I mean, would uh, you be happy about that rolling Austin Reed out I, in a in a semifinal matchup? I depends on your other coronary when CJ Stroud got me like 23 this weekend. So I would not have been happy with that. Depends on who the uh, it depends on who your other option was. But let me let me just pull it up here real quick. Yeah, he threw for 290 yards, two touchdowns. He has two picks, 21 yards in the ground. Um, okay, so I guess it depends on the league scoring because there was one that I started it in that I ended up getting like 23, 25 points in the league that I'm looking at right now, which is typically what the one that I use when I look at our scoring for mm-hmm. our start-sit competitions. He did get 16, so that was an underperformance. But I digress. We digress. One other point that I don't have on the show sheet here, Colin, but I do just want to cover real quick because I, I uh, tweeted about I it on Saturday. I wonder what that blank line was. I got – well, I, I thought about it as we were kind of sitting here, you know, okay. any other topics that maybe we can kind of generally cover here. I tweeted about this on Saturday, and this – like I have been a known J.J. McCarthy fader, and I've liked his game generally speaking. I mean, he he's very mobile. He's got a very good arm, comes from IMG Academy. Like he's got – he's a five-star. He's got some pedigree. And I know you can get in trouble for this sometimes, but I did not like him at Michigan. He's the kind of player that 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 needs a ton of refinement, and I just didn't think he was going to get it there. Side note: Has any coach in the history of coaching destroyed more like reputation as a quarterback whisperer than John Harbaugh has? Is it Jim? John? John? Jim? Mm-hmm. John. Jim? Jim, Jim Jim Harbaugh has like, holy crap, dude, <laughs> we all th- it's how how bad do you have to be to go from like everyone thinks you're a god because you produced Andrew Luck to everyone thinking that you're a, literally a bum. Like there's a, a lot of room between those two. It's there insane. is. Yeah. And I think now, I mean, it, it was kind of obvious a little bit before that, but now it's very much obvious. It's, it's been obvious. This was his was last just, chance. Well, and it was just Andrew Luck is just that good. Like it was Mid-cat. not. 
Kaepernick. Harbaugh. made Kaepernick productive in the NFL. Like, dude, the NFL just hadn't seen a lot of guys like Kaepernick. Like, yeah, this was not, you know, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't think we know what to do with JJ McCarthy, though, is basically what I tweeted. And I got a hodgepodge of answers. I muted that thread. So you if you said something rude or stupid to me, I didn't see it late in the day. If you said something nice, thanks. <laughs> like, I don't I, I I would like to see him transfer because I just don't know that. Like, we just don't have an idea of what he is. And I think it's the NFL is getting exceedingly more stingy on, like, you're terrible, but we'll take you because you can throw hard. Like, I, I think Will Levis is going to fall further than people think he's going to. But, like, McCarthy's yeah. even been, like, not – he's he's been not great this season either. And that's – a lot of that I put on the coaching staff. Like, I don't necessarily put that on him. He needed a lot of work. So, if you have J.J. McCarthy – I, I think you're very much in a predicament as to what to do with him moving forward. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I don't honestly, I don't know what to do with him either. I mean, he's toolsy. He's at Michigan and you, he hasn't looked good this year, but he also has not cost Michigan games. Like Will Levis, like flat out costs Kentucky that Vanderbilt game. Yeah, like it true. was just bad. Like he has McCarthy has not had like, terrible performances like that he just has not been good he's just been a game manager and that's kind of what michigan has needed him to be that's what you know michigan that's why we thought that um Cade mcnamara could hang on to that job is because he was just such a good game manager last year and turns out mccarthy can do the exact same thing he can turn around and hand a ball off 30 times a game so yeah he has all those tools there and you're i'm calling it right now you're going to hear all year next year, J.J. McCarthy's a first-round quarterback. If we're hearing it about Will Levis, we're going to hear it about J.J. McCarthy. It's going to get loud probably starting next week if Michigan wins that game. So I I don't know what to do with him either because I, I think there is a legitimate path for him to be a first-round NFL quarterback. I mean, yes, the NFL is getting stingier in terms of you can throw hard and you have tools, so we're going to take you. But this is also like, – I feel like the NFL just values Michigan. and They may not value Harbaugh, but I guarantee you Harbaugh still has some connections there, and he can prob- they will probably like J.J. McCarthy. I think the NFL is going to like him. Like so, unless unless he just blows the doors off this thing next year, I think he has to be a four year guy, and that's not necessarily a a killer at quarterback. Um, but I I I, just don't, I don't think we'll see him early. I'm not like when I'm looking at next year's draft class, I'm not saying, oh, and JJ McCarthy is going to be in it. Like I don't think that's a, a foregone conclusion at all at this point. It Jayden is a better Davis, QB class. I know you're listening to this show, Jaden Davis, five star quarterback in the 2024 class. I know that you are looking at Michigan intently. Don't do it. Go anywhere else, my man, my man. Like go to <laughs> shit. Like go to Texas AM. Like go, go anywhere but here, man. Like it's it's it'd be an all-time bad decision. Like, I don't know how many people we can just talk to talk fail. to Dante Moore and just figure out like, okay, yeah, that's why I'm not going to Michigan. They're not even handing out money. Like, I know they're one of those schools that's like, well, once you get here, we'll find you stuff. They're not one of the schools. Like, there's no reason if you're a quarterback to go there at Michigan right now. No. Ain't no money you're going to pull out of your butt when I walk onto campus. It's enough for the money that you're going to cost me in four years when I can't get drafted. 
Yeah. Incredible. <laughs> Incredible stuff. <laughs> Shout out to top performers of the week here, Colin. Quarterback Spencer Rattler, um, 45.62 points. Good for him. Came into the game with eight touchdowns on the season through six in this one. They get an upset against Tennessee. I don't think he's a likable dude, but, I mean, happy to see somebody who's been down for a while have some success. Raheem Sanders at running back, our That's top Rattler, guy. QB3. QB3, baby. <laughs> Sanders, 49.1 points this week. He barely scored more than Bijan Robinson, 48.7. So if you had Bijan, you survived his bad private prior week. You were rewarded this week. Wide receiver, Adu Hilaire at Bowling Green. I don't 44.6 points. I don't know where the hell this came from. Dude, he had like three good games at the beginning of the year, and I was like, all right, here we go. And then nothing. Like I picked him up in a couple spots. They were deeper leagues, but I did not start him for this one. All right. You missed out on some big points there, Colin. And then Jaheim Bell. And I think we're actually this is going to be our last kind of big discussion point here. And then we're going to talk waiver wire. And we're actually going to get people out of here. We're going to talk about why that is here in just a second. Jaheim Bell is basically filling in at running back for South Carolina right now. 31.6 points in this one. A large portion of that came on the ground. If Marshawn Lloyd is out again this week, Jaheim Bell could be a championship winner. If you've got him on a team that's playing this weekend, you absolutely have to rule him out there. I think you could even flex him. If you've got like Michael Mayer in him, because if he's if he's going to get that kind of volume, it's just a no brainer. Like that offense is really flowing through him over the past couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, with Lloyd be out, um, he, his usage has been great for fantasy. Is it going to be able to parlay that into an NFL draft stock? I don't know. I'm lower on Jaheim Bell for an NFL perspective than I think. A lot of people are, so I I just don't necessarily see it with him. I think he's very much like an H back type of a guy, which is great right now for fantasy, it, it, the way that they're using him. But I don't know if an NFL team is going to use him like that at the next level. So um, great to start him this week if if we're still hearing that Marshawn Lloyd's not going to play. But I think then it's a sell. The history of these H-back type guys actually working on the NFL as running backs is just laughable. Steelers actually had a guy from the same school try to do the same thing a few years ago whose name I is absolutely escaping me right now, but it didn't work out. It never works out. Same? Uh, now, Jalen Samuels? Yeah, Samuels. Yeah, Jason He was Samuels. from yeah. NC State, I think, right? Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. He was. Um, it's all the same. Carolinas, <laughs> Hurricanes, and the beach. Uh, golf. Um I, 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 he is a very good athlete. I just don't think he profiles as tight end. Like, I think he's just a classic tweener, like for the NFL, like not versatile tweener, which means he's not good enough at any role to hold that one. He kind of has to rotate between a couple, as opposed to versatile, which means you can play multiple roles at a full time role if you needed to. I don't think he can do that. So, I, he, from Debbie perspective, I like his athleticism, but I think there are already people that I see who are fairly respected hyping him up a little bit. His cost is going to get much too high for me this offseason. So big fade for me going into the offseason. Yeah, same. All right, guys, we've got a couple. Uh, do you want to oh. just one thing real quick? Sure. I, have a, I have a gripe with uh, with Matt Bruning, um, and I have not told him this show? yet, so we're just going to air it out right now. No, Dallin Hayden for freshman of the week here 
I mean, I know Judkins ran for 200 yards, but he only had one touchdown. Hayden ran for 146 yards and had three touchdowns. So I think that, I think that was worth a conversation, which did not happen. So just wanted to air that. Why didn't you air that earlier? I, I I was I was going to, and then we started talking about things, and I forgot about it. And then I, right. we started talking about the point, the performances from this week, and I was like, man, uh, there were a lot of good running back performances this week. And then I thought of Hayden again, and here we are. <laughs> then I thought about you, and then I thought of Hayden again. Then I thought about <laughs> then I thought about Hayden again. Thought about what I'm going to eat for lunch tomorrow. Then I thought about Hayden again. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to talk waiver wire here in just a second, but I have two quick announcements here for you. The first one, as I talked about earlier, we are doing a Black Friday through Cyber Monday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday deal here this upcoming weekend. For anybody signing up for a new year-long walk-on or scholarship membership, which are our first and second tiers, $29.99 and $49.99 a year, respectively, Sign up on either uh, on this weekend for either of those for a year long, and you get 25% off. And for those that maybe already have those memberships or something different and you don't want to switch over, but you're still looking to get something that you remember, that's good too. We're offering a buy one, get one 50% off any guide that we release this offseason. We release three guides for anybody not familiar. We release a CFF guide, we release a Devi guide, and we release a freshman supplemental guide. So if you buy one, you get 150% off. There will be a pre-order available this weekend. You will receive an email about it. So keep an eye on those inboxes uh, as a thank you to you guys for, uh, for your, you know, sticking with us here at canvascant.com. Yeah. And that email will be the only way that you get that promo code. We will not publicly announce that promo code because that is just for subscribers. So um, to keep an eye out for that. And if you don't see it and you're looking for it, reach out to us. We'll get you yep. set up. Yep. Lastly, guys, this fan, this podcast is part of the fantasy points media group, along with a ton of other great podcasts. You can find them all in one place at fantasy points live on Twitter. Um, assuming Twitter lives to see another day. You can check out their weekly Friday drop that recaps the week in the fantasy points media group and promo code campus 22. That is C A M P U S 22. Get you 10% off a membership at fantasy points. All right, Colin, we have waiver wire. And as we mentioned, that's going to be it. You, uh, we, we've declared you the winner in the start sit competition this week. Did we're we direct? We're, yeah, didn't we feel did. like yeah, it was, you won. It didn't feel like a grand enough announcement. I'll be honest. It just felt like a, it felt like a footnote. Oh, my cat is not happy about that. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Misty. <laughs> wins this year's start sit competition. Oh, thank you. Thank you. We have now each won one year, so um, we'll, we'll, we'll bring it back again for sure for next year. The reason we're not doing it this week, guys, we want to just be answering start sit specific questions for you guys. There's no bye weeks. Yeah. Like we, we just addressed a lot of the injury type stuff. So if you have specific questions, there's going to be a lot of different ways for you to get those in. First off, chasing the natty with Chris Moxley and uh, Jared Palmgren do a midweek show that drops every Wednesday. They go, you you can go on Twitter. Jared has already tweeted it out. It says, you know, what are your start sits? You send them to them. They go over all of them on the show. You can ask them in our Discord, and we probably will handle hundreds of those here through the end of the week. You can check our weekly rankings, which go on the website. 
Chris does full. Pro- uh, we don't give a number projection, but Chris basically runs projections behind the, the scenes and then it spits out a list of names. He then adjusts manually based on things like weather, um, um, you know, may- maybe questionable, you know, injury, whatever, but it takes into account everything else. And, and then he, he produces those for you. Those are available to any member over at Campus to Canton. And then when we do the tailgate on Saturday morning, guys, if you want to hop in there, 1030 to noon Eastern on our YouTube page, Campus to Canton, uh, we will hit as many live as we can, as many as we can answer in an hour and a half, we will hit. So those are going to be your places to find start sits for this week. Waiver wire column, we have two names. At this point, we're tapped out on stash names. Everyone, we've already either mentioned them or they're just too highly rostered at this point, but we've got two. First one up here is Nate Johnson, quarterback at Utah. And this is a guy that we liked a lot this offseason. He's, uh, if not the best athlete in the position at the class, he was at the very, very top of the list. He runs like a legit like 4-3. It sounds like Cameron Rising is leaving. All indications suggest that he is going to be making his way out of Utah. It is not a guarantee that Nate Johnson gets this job. In fact, I actually think it might be more likely than not that he does not get this job. But his upside is so high as a runner that I think you have to go pick him up and then, again, make you make him make him wait make you have to have him make you drop him that yes that was way too hard for me i i understand just saying i don't just wait till he loses the job and then if he loses it drop him but hold on to him the offseason because the 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 uh the upside is just way too much yeah yeah this is a a lamar jackson level runner as as a quarterback a you know just absolutely dynamic athlete i don't know how much he's going to be able to bring as a passer I don't because he definitely needed some work in that area, but he man, improved a lot from junior to senior year. If, I'm, if I did. remember correctly, like from a percentage standpoint, which you like to see. So it's still a big jump, but um, that I have some hope. Yeah, definitely. Definitely a little bit of hope there for him for that. But like you said, just sky high ceiling. If he gets the other, feet. the other name here, Colin, I didn't know this name going into the, the, this week. I've actually never heard of this guy. Dejon Reynolds is a freshman wide receiver at Florida. He's 1% rostered on fan tracks. He's listed at about 6'2", 210. He's a bigger bodied guy. He was in the 2021 class here, wide receiver 44, according or two years ago. Sorry, he's a redshirt guy, according to the composite. Out of nowhere, 10 targets, 8 catches. <laughs> Puts up like 163 yards, uh, a couple of scores. He was for some reason the go-to guy this weekend, even though we like didn't have 10 targets combined the rest of the year. I have no idea what to make of that. I have no idea what to make of Florida's offense. Is Anthony Richardson the quarterback? Does he leave? Is it somebody else? Do we even care about this passing offense? So many questions. But if you got a bench spot, you could do a lot worse than trying to toss something on this guy. Yeah. Yeah, like you said, I just very much out of nowhere performance this week. But we'll see, uh, you know, if, if it is something that they can parlay moving forward, you know, guy to keep an eye on at the end of the year here. And, you know, like you said, you're going to have to eventually make some cuts to get down to, you know, where you're, where you need to be for your freshman supplemental draft to get your full 15 picks after guys go pro, like you might have a couple roster spots depending on the way your league shakes out. So I'm definitely in favor of adding guys at the end of the year here, just speculatively, in hopes that we can get some buzz in a positive direction. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. No harm done. You just cut them. 
Correct. So, and that's kind of been our logic for a lot of these guys. You know, make, have them make you cut them. That's oh, that's such a awful <laughs> It's a, t- it's a tough way to a tough way to say that. But yes, yes. Um. So yeah. Um. We're gonna get out of here. Um. Shout out conference one of the program. Suck it. Conference one <laughs> champion, baby. We're taking home the main ship this weekend. Just you wait. Some big names in the final here with me. So we'll see how it goes. But we'll be back later this week, guys. We'll have Canton Bound for you. We are releasing essentially our full range of podcasts normally for you this week. So if you're doing some traveling, you can still count on C2C being in your ears. We'll still have our weekend shows. We'll be on better sports. You know the deal. I don't know if we'll have college fantasy tonight this week. That might be the one that's going to be questionable. I ain't yeah, so that'll excited. be tough. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I I will not uh, I will not be there either. I actually, it's my uh, it's my this is like the weekend that they're doing my ten year high school reunion. Actually, so you ten years was your high school reunion. No, but okay, that's what they're doing. <laughs> and say, they're literally just doing that. Um, have you been to the Rusty Rail? Yeah, many times. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what they're doing. It just at. said many times. I was yes. just surprised me. Many when times. were you there? Many times. I've been with your brother a bunch. We went before Colby's oh, birthday oh, yeah, thing. Right, like right, I've been right. there before okay. that. Like I've okay, been there multiple right. times. I'm just saying I don't think you and I have ever been there together. I try not to be in public with you, so that is probably accurate. It's a fair point. Um, but yeah, that's where they're doing it. But no, I, I don't believe I'll be making it up for that. But yes, that will be that will be that weekend this weekend. Moral of the story: just, a fun fact. just check out the podcast feed. We'll have everything there for you guys. We'll see you guys later in the week. Until then, I'm Austin, and this is Colin. Have a good one. <laughs>